good evening, friends. Welcome to the front porch. I'm Pastor Chris. It's good to uh, good to be with you here on a gorgeous day here in Northwest Ohio. I pray that wherever you find yourself, that it's been a great, wonderful day for you as well. And uh, I hope that you had a, a blessed weekend, that you were able to uh, just kind of enjoy what God has given to you and celebrate that in your life. And and, and I say that, but I know for some it was a uh, probably maybe a long weekend. You had to work quite a bit, or maybe you were journeying through something new as a family, uh, maybe something of a time of struggle. And however it was for you, I hope that for you, you realize and maybe even recognize in the midst of everything, God was there. Well, today, as we uh, as we kick off this, uh, this journey this week together, I, I want to share with you a passage out of the book of Job. I, I was Reading through, I've read through the book of Job quite a bit, and um, over the years, and and I think it's a great, uh, it's a great reading because I think some of what Job goes through, we go through in our own lives, and 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 today I want to kind of touch on a verse uh, that I was reading in in the twenty third chapter. Uh, Job had been having a conversation uh, with his, these three that are around him, but. But Job responds to one of the, uh, one of the, uh, I guess, diatribes that come back to him. And he's going to say some words in this 23rd chapter that I think if we ourselves hold on to these words, if we live by what Job really is stating here, I think it, I think it changes our conversation. I think it, it impacts our uh, view, maybe relationship with the world. Um, it's an important thought. It's an important message. Um, it's a discovery, if you will. And so I want to I want to share that uh, with you. I hope you again do well. I see some of you uh, uh, saying hi. It's good to see your names pop up. And, and it was it, for some of you. I got to see on Sunday. It was great to see you. Some of you celebrating some wonderful things going on in your lives. And so, um, but many, but also things to be prayerful. And we'll get to that here in a moment. But let me uh, turn my attention here to this twenty third chapter of the book of Job, in which these words from the 12th verse are given to us. Job says this, he says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured in my bosom the words of his mouth. I have not departed, and I have treasured the words. Last week, I spent a little bit of time uh, talking about this um, this relationship we have with Christ and with the Father in heaven, and I, yeah, I think I think for for all of us, and I and I got to this towards the end of the week. We have to have a foundation of conversation, but a foundation of direction in this life. And and here Job acknowledges some of his direction, acknowledges his thought. Now I, you know, I mentioned last week about about scripture being part of that foundational. Uh, strength, and this is this is about Job's faithfulness, but also about God's faithfulness to Job. Job says, "I have not departed from the command that God has given to me, that God has spoken into my life." How often do we uh, do the same thing? Not from the standpoint of uh, we hold fast to it, we remember it, but that we. We lose sense of how important the Bible is to us in our lives. Look, when I was growing up, I I went to Sunday school as a young kid, and 
probably when I was 10 or 11, we, we just kind of moved away from, from life in the church. In fact, uh, it almost was so much so that, that by the time I, I was in high school, I don't remember much of church at all. I knew my grandparents were connected uh, to a church. They participated in activities of the church. But for me, in my own personal journey at that age, I didn't have much connection with God. Then much connection with the Bible and with, and, and I can remember sometimes thinking to myself, "Well, it'd be interesting to to see or to hear or to more importantly read what is there." See, what I was wrestling with at that time in my life was the fact that that I needed my relationship with God, and and I just didn't know where to go with it, and and. I think some of it, I even thought to myself, it just seemed overwhelming to to step into it. Because you see, what I didn't know at the time, and what I hope maybe you might be wrestling with today, or maybe you've learned this before and you'll share it with others, is that, see, the Bible in our life's not an option. It, it's, not a, it's not something that we can maybe have. It's a necessity for our spiritual journey with God. It is an absolute necessity to be able to read, to study, to pour into and have it pour out of for us. And I was asked a question, actually asked again this weekend, um, about this very book. And the question was, well, I, I, I've tried to read. I just don't know what to read or, or you know... Not sure how it speaks. It just sometimes doesn't. I don't get it. So, so how do I figure out what this what this book is is saying? More importantly, what they were really asking is, how can I integrate this into my everyday life? Because they realized that they needed the Bible very, very much in what they were going through. And so, I think I think the first we have to start with this is that I mentioned last week that the Bible is a is our foundation, and then once we recognize it as the foundation. We then step into discovery. It, it is the necessity of our spiritual journey, right? We, we discover God in the world. We discover what God is doing around us and in us. Yet we must discover God here in this book because God is everywhere in it. And, and, and so what do we do? How do we do this? Where is this, uh, as I like to say, necessity of discovery? Well, it begins with walking with others because you are not alone if you're struggling with the bible i promise you this you are not alone in that struggle because everyone has issues struggles with what the bible says even though we know it's our foundation it's the truth because god has spoken into it sometimes pulling out of it so that we can hear is, is a bit of a challenge um so what do we do how do we do this you might be asking there are devotionals that are on the internet that you can download to your phone There is church. I know what you might, some of you might say, well, but church is, you know, full of hypocrites and, and I just don't want to be, be involved in that place. Well, then you search for more because, because more than likely there is a church out there that fits you like a glove. But you also must remember that everyone in the church is broken. Everyone is a sinner. And no one is perfect. But it's learning about the Bible through a sermon, through Bible study, through allowing, and this is where the Holy Spirit comes into it, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to speak to you. 
There's a passage in Colossians. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. In other words, God has given us Jesus Christ and Christ is the word. First John talks about the word being Jesus. And so it's allowing that to dwell in us. And, and that doesn't say, I want you to hear this, that doesn't say you will know everything just by examining a verse or two. What it means is if you look and read through a paragraph, a chapter, whatever, a book a day, that you will begin to hear. But here's the key. Don't do it alone. I know some feel more comfortable being by themselves. It's fine. You can read the Bible on your own. But, but do it together in a body of Christ, whatever that may be for you. That body of Christ may be your family. Maybe it's friends at school or, or colleagues at work or your neighbors. Do it together. It doesn't mean you're all going to be in the same place. But boy, you might hear some really powerful things. The second thing is, though, and, and, and this kind of contradicts what I just said, be willing to read it on your own. Uh, don't wait for someone to say, hey, read this passage. Now, the struggle with that, I think, for, for most comes with, well, I don't know what to read, Pastor. I hear that a lot. I'll give suggestions, but then I know a lot of times, and I'll hear later on, they just couldn't keep up with their with their task at hand. And the reason being is they don't approach the Bible with joy. And think about it. God wants to have a conversation with you. And God wants to do this through his word, which, which is in fact, in truth, his, his love letter to you. And so why wouldn't we approach this with love? Not with trepidation, not with fear we're not going to understand, but with love. And why then, and this is the other half I think a lot of folks I personally talk to never really do. They don't expect to always get something out of it. It's not saying you will. What I'm saying is you should expect God to speak to you. You might not hear from God, but that's not God's fault. That's your fault. That's our fault. And then the other half of this is prayerfully reading through the Bible. Someone might say, how do you prayerfully read through it? Just take this verse, for example. I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured in my bosom the words of his mouth. Are you treasuring within your soul what God writes here, what God has provided here? Are you constantly questioning, not allowing it to sink into your heart? Now, maybe that's not you. Maybe prayer Maybe, maybe just expecting something, maybe approaching the Bible with joy is just not something you can wrap your head around. Well, what if this, what if, what if you need to have an order? Maybe create a task list. I'm going to read this chapter, this chapter. I'm going to read chapter one, two, three, four. In the book of Genesis or in the New Testament, maybe the, the book of Mark, for example. Approach it almost systematically. I know it sounds weird, but... But truly do. Start in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and work your way through the Bible. Read the whole Bible. There's a lot of being able to read the Bible in a year conversations out there. there there's even some that uh, if you, uh, you read a section of Scripture, you can connect it to other places in scripture. And that's really powerful. We begin to see the interwovings of one to the other. I was sharing in our Bible study and we're about to wrap it up with the book of Ruth and how the book of Ruth connects 
to the Old Testament and into the New Testament. There's a theme runs through it, and that's Jesus, of course. So approach it almost methodically. And then come to the Bible with an open mind. In other words, um, maybe a better way to understand that is, is as you come to the Bible and you, and you have that mind open to what is being said, what if, as you read it, that just read it. In other words, it's just second nature. Instead of turning the TV on, you read the Bible. Someone told me this weekend, they've actually stopped just watching the news and they just read the Bible now. And they said that it's more powerful than, than numbing their mind, if you will, to the effects of what's, what's going on in the world around them. And then in James's letter in the first chapter, he writes these words. I want to read them to you. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. And James is writing saying, don't let merely just listen to someone speaking to you about God, but invest your time so that you read and, and soak in in a joyful and exciting way that which you read. Because it is about, and I want you to hear this, it is about Jesus and his call on your life to be more like him so my question is i always like to throw these questions out there i think they're challenging for us all is are you investing in this foundational book with joy with with the willingness to understand and the willingness to explore and, and the hope that it will challenge and change you and in fact, knowing it will, is that how you approach the Bible? Or do you approach it with frustration and angst and worry about whether you're going to get something or not get something? Do you, is that how you approach the Bible? I hope not. I hope you approach it with, with great peace and joy. Joy to hear from God directly. I want to uh, close our time here together tonight with a prayer for uh, a dear uh, a dear member of the church community I'm a, I am a part of. She just had her birthday over. Oh, she... So I went and visited her on, uh, on, on Sunday after church. And she's approaching the end of her earthly journey and will begin her new eternal journey with Christ. But boy, I tell you what, in all her pain and exhaustion she still can laugh she still cracks a joke and smile she's about to, to be embraced by her Lord and Savior I know that's where it comes from but I want to continue to pray for her and the millions others who are approaching the end of life because for a lot of them they stood on this book they stood on the Bible and they said with, with their hearts on fire, Lord, I shall serve you for you and my household. We will serve the Lord. And they have done so. They've done so with humility, joy, peace in their hearts. 
So I want to invite you to join with me to pray for her, for, for millions other. Maybe you have a family member. But they don't leave this earth knowing. There's nowhere for them to go, but they go knowing. They will be surrounded in Christ's glory. And it will be joyous. The Lord be with you. Loving and wondrous Father, tonight, Lord, on the front porch, I give thanks to you, my dear sister who is ending her earthly journey, for her family who surrounds her with love, support, and strength. And I know for her, she's excited because she's going to see you and her beloved husband who left so long ago, about a year. Her sons who left last year as well. And through all of that loss, she continued to smile. She continued to acknowledge your presence in her life. And that's my hope for us all, Lord. That when we say we follow your son, that in doing so, we embrace the words of the scriptures into our hearts and our souls. And in turn, oh, we become those vessels of light in the world. To inspire us, Lord, to challenge us and give us hope to read the scriptures with more intent, with more joy than ever before. Let us celebrate all that you have done, are doing, and will do in our lives. This is our prayer. This is our great thanksgiving to you, Lord. All of this in the precious name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, it is going to be a beautiful week this week. I don't know if it's going to rain or not, but but I know uh, many of the farmer friends out there of mine, they're... Uh, at least here in Northwest Ohio, they're hoping for very little rain and warmer temperatures, and they're going to get the warmer temperatures. I think uh, I saw Friday; it's going to be above 90. That went from chilly, cold weather to now almost, almost scorching hot weather. But that'll be good for the farmers because they'll be able to get out in the fields and plant. I know they've been busy the last 24 hours doing such a thing, but I know they could use a little more dryness. Not too much, just a little. Hold them in your. And then pray for those around you, for yourself. Have you truly embraced the Word of God in your life? Are you just telling yourself it's there if I ever want to read it? Challenge you to book up to read a chapter or two. Just listen. God is going to speak to you tonight. So as we now depart as we go ways, I wish that I ask and hope and pray for you. That as you walk in the world, you know with utmost certainty the love that Christ has. Until next time, God bless you. Good night from the front porch, and I look forward to joining you again tomorrow. Right?